The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. Can't get enough? Dive back in with discussions about the latest episodes, the dramas, and the storylines from the most entertaining and addictive reality shows you love to hate or hate to love. The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. It's You Get a Rose with Marley McMillan. I've been waiting for this day and this moment for quite some time now. From the first moment I met you on that stage, I knew you were something special. From the first time you swung that sledgehammer and cracked those windows, I knew you were unlike any woman I've ever met. You know, in Vegas, when you melted into my arms, that smile on your face. Make you smile like that for the rest of my life. When all this is gone, it's just going to be you and me, babe. That's the only way I want it. Or is it? Oh my god! Or is it? Oh, I feel t- I feel so bad for. <laughs> hey, it is Marley. It's you get a rose. Phil Mackey is back for the finale by popular demand. Wow! Uh, wow! Quite a bachelorette finale. We are here to talk about it. That was Blake getting dumped. We're going to talk about Blake. We're going to talk about Garrett. We're going to talk about uh, whether Becca and Garrett are going to make it. Can we talk about the awkward interaction at some point? During the live portion at the end, when, when Blake's family was in the front row for a brief moment. Yeah. And Becca, who had met Blake's family and had a good time with Blake's family, but and Chris Harrison's is in, in Blake's family is here and she waves yeah. at them like hi. Yeah. And then they cut they cut back to the family and they're just staring <laughs> through the oh, back of her head. <laughs> okay, so you said right when we started talking that there was just so much to talk about when it comes to Blake. So what what are your I mean, how are you feeling about Blake's Absolutely. All I was thinking about when he was going down was what you were saying when we podcasted last time. Like, you get to this point and then you just snap someone's heart in half. You do. And that's what happened to Blake. So when, <laughs> when, when the episode starts with Chris Harrison essentially delivering a warning sign to the audience, it's like when you're about to watch an adult movie or like a rated or whatever it is. And like the, the, the beginning screen is warning mature yes. audiences only. And he yeah. says, he basically says, we're going to see utter emotional devastation tonight. It's really uncomfortable to watch. He may have oversold it a little bit. See, the thing is, he has to go in with some sort of angle to top his always saying that it's going to be the most dramatic finale of all time. This time he went with, okay, so how can we, you know, what about this is bigger, better than any other year. The sweatiest finale of all time. Yeah, that would have been a good one. I think the thing that they came away with was like, maybe it's just how emotional Blake is. That's the only thing that's different. Even though it really was not really that different. Yeah, and and again, I'm. This is what's fun for you and the audience. I'm relatively new to the Bachelor Bachelorette. I, this is about the fourth, maybe fifth season. I watched JoJo's season, Rachel, uh, Nick, Ari, and now this. This is my fifth season watching the Bachelor, and I've watched all the Paradises and stuff. So I'm okay. Like I'm experiencing a lot of this stuff for the first time, which yeah. is probably fun for people who've been watching for a long time. How can you let Blake, if you're Becca, go through that whole spiel? Because there's been times, even in the five seasons I've watched, where you don't even let the person who's going to get rejected go through the spiel. Really? But how can you? I I feel like I've seen that. Okay. But how can you let them go through that whole spiel only for them? And imagine putting yourself in in that situation if you're Blake in that spot and you've just poured your whole heart out. Yeah. And you don't know if you're the first one or the second one. You Mm -hmm. don't know where she's at with Garrett and you pour your whole heart out. 
unlike a real, well, unlike 90% of real proposals where, mm-hmm. like, you're pretty sure she's going to say yes or he's going to say yes because you've been together for five years or whatever it is. Yes. Um, you but, both but, picked out the ring together. Right, exactly. Yeah. But you threw all of this out there, and you don't know if there's a safety net. You're just throwing it all out there. Mm-hmm. You're just jumping off the top of a building, and in his case, there was no parachute. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I felt so bad for that dude. Okay, so the thing is there's strong producer interaction Always, but specifically, I think when it comes to that proposal and they 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 are instructed to have a prepared sort of speech at that moment. And I think Becca is strongly instructed to let him speak. And then it's kind of, you know, that if it's going to continue, then she's going to say a piece as well. And then the proposal would happen. That is very um, orchestrated and calculated. But so. Blake, though, again, said his piece, which I think that's kind of like required. There have been seasons where they say their piece. The other person might say their piece. The guy gets down on one knee, proposes, and then the girl says no. So this isn't even as bad as it can get. Yeah. How can you uh, how can a reasonable human being let it get to that point? Where you're watching someone that you know you're going to break up with yeah. get on one knee. Mm-hmm. It's either like, I don't that, know if anyone plays Mortal yes. Kombat from the 90s where it's like, finish him. Yes, <laughs> or either that or the, the guy will say his piece. And then again, right as kind of what Blake was probably going to do, you're, you're kind of starting to get down on one knee. And some guys, yeah, they even do get down on yeah. one knee. And, and either either then the girl will grab him at that point. It's I feel like it's run the whole Good. gamut in terms of where you actually snap his heart in half. We're, we're, we're going to get to Garrett, I know, in depth on this podcast. But did you notice the look on Garrett's face when she... So yes. she, she didn't really tip her hand. So he goes through his whole thing. And I'm sure the timing of the day kind of matters. And this is just a guess. It's sometime either late morning or early to mid-afternoon, because you can't, if you if you had Blake go out there at 8 o'clock in the morning, he would know that he's the first one, therefore he's going to get rejected, right? Yes. So it has to be kind of an ambiguous time where you're not sure, maybe Garrett went a couple hours ago, yeah. but like it's only 2 o'clock, so I guess I could be the first one, you're not sure? Mm-hmm. So Garrett had no idea, he delivers his spiel, and she poker faces it, and then kind of goes into a... Hey, let me speak for a second. And, it, and, and the look on his face for about five or ten seconds was, oh, my yes. God, I'm going to get broken up with. Yes. This is terrible. This is highly produced because, again, his piece is rehearsed. Her piece is rehearsed. And they want her to rehearse it in a way that sounds like it might go one way or the other. And so that's why she it, it started talking in a way that it did seem like she was going to drop the hammer. And you could see Garrett's face change in that moment. Like, oh, there's a lot of butts I'm hearing right now. Yeah. Uh-oh. Um, but then, you know, having that kind of turning point in whatever she's saying. Saying to say, and I love you, oh. and we're good. Do you think? All right, let's let's let me ask you a question. Yes, I know you you picked Garrett. We I I thought Blake was going to win. You thought Garrett when we did this a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Do you think she made the right decision among the final three to five guys that were left? Once you really got to know some of the guys, yes. and then once you really got to know the final two guys, and and then they went and and um, and and met her family. Yeah. Do you think she made the right decision? Yes, I do. This this is where I'm at with her and Garrett. I think he was the best decision for her amongst this crop of guys. I don't know if they're going to make it, but I think with, with these guys in the final four, she picked the one that is the best fit for her. Yeah, I think I, th- I still think Jason was the best fit for her. I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not going to back off that take, and I hope and I hope Jason's the next Bachelor, and, and we'll find that out. I really, really thought it was going to be Blake. 
I thought they were. I thought the whole finale was being set up in a way that Blake was always the guy, but then I was unsure for a while. But mm-hmm. no, but he was always the guy. Mm-hmm. And I started. I guess when I started after the episode was over, and I started going back, like, okay, where, where did I miss it? When 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 she brought both those guys to visit her family, it was so obvious how open and all in Garrett was. Yes. I mean, Garrett like Garrett couldn't open his mouth without crying with her family. Yeah, and actually that got to be a little bit annoying for me. Like he's he can't form a sentence without bawling his eyes out. Mm-hmm. And I'm all for like be open emotionally and show an emotional side, but yeah. also be able to form a sentence without bawling your eyes out. And Blake went in super insecure in his own head. And ultimately, that's kind of the reason she gave during the live portion, right? Yeah. He wanted some final answers, and he handled it really well. Yeah. He wanted some answers like, what was there a thing that happened? And if I could speak for her, she can't say what she really wants to say, which is, well, if you and I just met in real life and there weren't five other guys that I was going on dates with in mm-hmm. the last few weeks, we probably would wind up together at least dating for six to 12 months and see what happens. But yeah. when it comes down to, I have to pick one of you. And you kept going inside your own head and getting all skittish and wondering what my status was over here. I don't know. That was just the last little little yeah. push that Garrett needed, probably. Yeah, and it was it was kind of interesting to actually hear her say that, too. Because when you look at both of these guys, they both seemed like absolutely great guys. They both seemed like they loved her. They both seemed like they are nice people with good families. Positive and, energy. They both walk yeah. into a room and it's mostly yes. positive energy. They yeah. have their priorities straight and, and everyone else seems to like them too. I mean, the love that was outpouring for Blake from from not only the public, but also other people in Bachelor Nation who presumably know him and saying he's just a fantastic down-to-earth guy. They're both great guys. But again, I think it it, it is a little bit of the... Blake uh, getting in his head, being emotional, potentially a little bit, a little bit anxious, a little bit unstable. I I don't want to say that in a. It's not a mean thing He's to say twitchy. that. He's twitchy. But, like there's something. Well, it's funny. He's tw- literally twitchy, yeah. and and he has sort of a twitchy personality. Yeah, too. it's funny. My girlfriend's actually. We were just texting about this, and they were going, "Yeah, there's just something about his facial expressions that were kind of creepy." And also, and, and then another friend of mine said, "You know, my husband has anxiety." I realized that yes. I thought that was creepy, but then I thought, "Oh, that's what he would look like too on this stage." Right. It's, I think, <laughs> and it's probably what we would. A lot of us would is, look it like. It is. I mean, think <laughs> about. So you're you're on national TV. You're in front of millions of people. You're you're putting your heart on the line. And it just, you could tell how nervous he was every step of the way, even in the, in the, uh, not the live portion, but he was nervous on the live portion, yeah. but you could just tell even with the edited and produced version, like, God, this guy, it's like his brain and his mouth and his facial expressions aren't operating on the same track. Yeah. Yes. And he was sort of short circuiting a little bit and yeah. then sweat there were, as he's getting broken up with and there's sweat pouring down his face and his jacket is sweating out yes. and he's got like a bead of sweat on his nose yes. and they cut to him crying in the sort of the the post fallout interview mm-hmm. and he goes I'm going to have to go through this alone and he says it like three times I'm thinking oh my god you don't realize that you have 400 new Instagram followers and uh, all of them are probably going to be up in your DMs like you're going to be fine you're not going to have to do this alone if you don't want to what if in but- that what if in that moment he's like oh man but I haven't seen my phone in a while my DMs right. must be blowing right. up but right now like in that moment you're not famous yet right yeah, no. so as he's as he's that's the funny the, I know, the timeline this, here he's whole- not famous yet when he's getting broken up yes. with even though as you're watching it 
everyone knows who he is. Yeah. And yeah. the whole timeline of this show is is just wild, and to keep continually kind of piecing it together, it becomes a tricky little puzzle. Um, the yeah, the Kardashians could learn from that. Other people that are trying to keep their reality TV shows alive yeah. uh, that are operating on this different time schedule. But Blake, yeah, you could not tell if that those were tears or if those were uh, beads of sweat. But he just uh, he just seems like a fantastic guy who maybe isn't just kind of fully put together and ready for a relationship. I thought Garrett's got his own thing going on in the way that she kept saying, you guys have both been really solid. I think both of the relationships were solid. I don't think Blake kind of on his own is, is that solid. Yeah. He needs to kind of like a year to grow and get super good with himself. And then I think he, he would be absolutely wonderful. But I think that is what Becca was kind of referencing and what ultimately was a little bit of his downfall. Yeah. What did you think of Becca's family asking Blake all those questions about Garrett? Like there was one where I, I think it was her mom that said to him, regardless of what happens or who she picks, you're going to be okay. And then they cut to him in the in the breakdown section. He's yes. like, what does that mean? What? I'm so sick of talking about Garrett. Well, the second person for that family visit always gets screwed. This has happened on the last couple seasons where the second person to meet the family always ends up talking about the first the per- first yeah. person. And so that person just kind of gets screwed. You almost wish Blake had gone first just because he is the one that's more in his head. And so we'd already seen that look at Blake. It would have been interesting had Garrett had yeah. that family visit and maybe maybe he would have gotten in his head. Maybe not, but that's happened a few times. So it's just kind of like you draw the short straw there. Yeah. Here uh her is it her uncle, the one who looks like Michael Keaton? The uncle guy Chuck. Like, uncle Chuck? I think yeah. it was Uncle Chuck. <laughs> Chuck just, that dude slings the tough questions, man. <laughs> just sitting well, there with a cocktail in his hand, just slinging fastballs. Yeah, I mean, we will we will get to quotes a little bit later, as we always do. But one of my favorite quotes from the show was Garrett saying, Uncle Chuck came in hot. He did. He did. He did. <laughs> came in real hot with the hard hitters. But my question was, where was Uncle Gare? Because do you yeah, remember Uncle Gare? Gary from last season? Yes. He, Uncle Gary was the one who talked about Becca's, right? Was talking about Becca's dad to yes. Ari. Yes. Wildly uncomfortable conversation. You know, obviously, about Becca's dad, Steve. Yep. Mm-hmm. She's told me a lot I'll of just it. I'll just tell you, a great guy, great hunter, great fisherman. And uh, you can, all these ducks, he carved them all. He was one of the best. So he's, he's quite the man. I know she misses her dad. Oh, she knows. She talks about it a lot. Yeah, yeah. And they were tight. I did his funeral. Yeah. Oh, man. I did, I did his funeral. It's so weird I... to hear Ari. But yeah, he, he, did, <laughs> he talk about coming in hot. He he was just such a gem last season that we got to meet. I was so surprised we weren't gonna we we didn't see him this season. Okay, was it was it bizarre? I, I get that there's a, there's a psychological component to men and women that you you subconsciously seek the qualities in your significant other that you had in in your parent or mm-hmm, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But she was so open about it. And yeah, Garrett really reminds me of my dad. And it wasn't just a passing mention. It was kind of a theme throughout yeah. the episode. Was that weird to you at all? No, it okay. wasn't to me at all. I, I think... I mean, I think it comes from a few different places. Like, it's it's so sweet, and it feels like home. And, you know, some of these things just happen to be in common. And I think that's not something that's maybe important in, in finding someone else, but I think it just... It rings in you in a way that feels really good. Yeah. Um, and then I think the other side of it is when someone reminds you of your parent or someone in your family or something like that, I think it just kind of 
takes away any sort of obstacle of them fitting in. And so that idea of like you are just we just fit together and this is just going to work is is a fantastic thing when it comes to a relationship. Not the sexiest thing, but it's practical. Do you think Becca's dad was mildly racist and or homophobic on Instagram, too? Or is that one thing that they maybe didn't cross over? Oh, gosh. Um, I'm going to go with no. They went 15 minutes on that. Well, they they went a long time on that at the end of the episode. And I'm not surprised by that. I knew as soon as if she chose him and and if I'm going to be honest, I, you know, had this spoiled for me, I feel like a few different times. But you just turn on the blinders and pretend you don't know. But I feel like I had this spoiled. And so I did have in my mind that if she chose Garrett, they were going to spend a significant amount of time on this and jump on it immediately because thinking about Garrett, the asterisk next to him always was this social media past and having, you know, commented and liked transphobic, sort of anti-women, just kind of unsavory, not like over the top, either racist or that type of thing, but just kind of unsavory and not super progressive. Was it him just liking stuff or was it him posting stuff too? No, it wasn't posting and it wasn't him going off on a a rant or anything like that. Uh, It wasn't him creating his own content in that way, but it was him supporting it. And he kind of played it off like, oh, you know, I didn't know that double tapping things on okay. Instagram okay. would be. It's yes. like, well, you're not just randomly double tapping things. You're liking things that you find interesting. Yes. Not that it, not that one random like of something that might be offensive or political or whatever it may be is going to tell a story. But if you have 50 things that might tell a story altogether, yeah. that means something. So uh, I haven't talked about this yet, and I, I was excited to talk about it. I The thing about the old, like... I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know if I double tapped it or anything like that. I, I, I don't think that that's what he was trying to say. I don't think that's his approach in all this. Like, I don't know what Instagram is. Yeah, right. That's, I don't think that's his argument. Okay. So I think what he, he's not saying like, I didn't know what a double tap was. I think what he's saying is, you know, I did that. I take full responsibility for it. I knew what it meant. I just, I didn't know the significance that would come along with liking an Instagram ending up in this type of situation. I I, I really do. I think it is a type of thing where he never thought anyone would ever care about that thing. Where that would ever matter. He never thought he was going to be famous. I I don't want to say it's I I think he's glad that he got sort of caught because he's learning a lesson. Um, but I really don't think that this ever would have been something that he learned had he not actually become famous and right. had someone go through that. Uh, I think that was just an unexpected turn of events that anyone actually ever paid attention. It's also a really interesting layer and twist to a relationship where you don't have a whole lot of time to get to know somebody. We don't know. I mean, we they have interactions and conversations that we only see f- fractions of in the post-production on TV. I'm sure they talk a little bit of religion and politics and things that you'd want to make sure you have – You'd want to make sure before you're going to commit to someone for life that you know where they stand politically and religiously and things like that. Yes. So I'm guessing that this wasn't the first ever conversation that they had once they got engaged and this stuff starts to come out. But it does make it interesting um, if if Becca, and if I've seen correctly, Becca is very much Democratic and leans left and voted for Hillary Clinton. And there's pictures of her with like Hillary signs. Oh, wow. Okay. And and for, for Garrett, I don't know what his voting track record is, but- a lot of the things that Garrett was liking would lean toward the other end of the aisle in different social and political aspects. Yeah. And you have to wonder, what kind of conversations do you have with someone in that setting when you're in Thailand and Mexico and you're traveling around in Las Vegas and it's all 
basically a honeymoon dating period and then a honeymoon once you get engaged and and now that you're in real life and you kind of realize oh there may have been some some more differences here than we thought or some more conversations that we should have had and I would have liked to have known this before I chose him mm-hmm. that's interesting to me and now it's all going to be sort of behind the curtain because they yeah. won't be on national tv on a weekly basis yeah and uh in terms of past contestants talking about things that they do talk about in their private moments or the fantasy suite and that type of thing a lot of them I don't think ever did talk about any of that stuff and they would get out of the show and they would break up. Now I think uh, contestants are maybe a little bit more substantial or either that or they've learned from watching the show that you do need to do those things. So I, I do think that they have more of those conversations, but I think that might be something where I feel like I don't know if it'll work out between them. Again, felt like Garrett is the best choice for her, but maybe something about that and also maybe just something about his kind of boyishness and wondering if he's really kind of deep enough for her. Those are kind of the pieces that I still don't know if that'll ultimately work for them. Yeah, there is there there's a part of his personality that so I know that he's been married and it was a it was kind of a it was a brief marriage and it was only it Two was months. yeah, it wasn't even meaningful and, and he was younger and but there's a part of his personality that feels a it's it's like she's experiencing and you're going to get this with almost anyone on that show but she's experiencing the best of what he has to offer and it's kind of this goofy he reminds me of a Tim Tebow or something where he's just Mr. Positive Energy and goofy and you're not ever going to get to test drive the worst of it right which is probably the case with Garrett and Becca too like you you're not going to get to see them after someone close to them dies or after they've been through a really stressful moment at work or anxiety. And that's the one thing that, well, actually total deviation here. Mm-hmm. Um, I watch married at first sight too. You ever watch that show on lifetime? No, but I love that you do. Okay. We should do a separate <laughs> podcast just about married at first sight. So they, every season they have three new couples that they spend time matching and they do background okay. checks and things. And the first time they meet, so the bachelor bachelorette, you get to know someone for, I don't know, eight to 12 weeks or whatever it is, and then you get engaged, and then you get to be engaged for a while, and then you get married. It's a short timeline, but Married at First Sight is you meet at the altar, and your families are there, and... <laughs> it's absurd. And I don't know. I don't know where I was going with this, other than <laughs> these these timelines and these relationships that play out in these, like, okay, you have eight weeks to figure out if you want to stay married, or you have 12 weeks to whittle 30 guys down to one guy. Yeah. It's so crazy unnatural, and... It surprises me that even 30 to 50% of these relationships wind up working out because how could you possibly get to know someone on the level you need to to decide that, yep, 50 years, let's sign up for 50 years of this, right? So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It is this interesting. It's like newbie speak for me because I've only watched five seasons. Yeah. But. Well, it's interesting. Like you look at the past several bachelorettes, though, and they have, they have uh, actually stayed together and the person that they picked was the person they also gave their first impression rose to and had their first kiss with. Yeah. So you, and those people are all still together. The last okay. at least three, uh, which is pretty interesting. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, if people say, okay, you go on this TV show to find love, like you're ridiculous and probably crazy. That's really stupid. But when you do think about it, and it, it maybe especially for the women, too, because so f- many fewer guys apply for the show that the show has to go and recruit men for this. And they recruit purposely maybe three, four kind of crazy, wacky guys to make the show interesting. But then the last 25 percent 
are real possibilities that they know a significant amount this person um, about this person that they're trying to match them up with you. Yeah. I mean, you're basically hiring a whole TV empire to go and find your soulmate, which yeah. really, if you're having a hard time meeting someone, that sounds pretty effective. Sure, and they're getting like they're going to be attractive, so you don't yeah. have to, <laughs> you know, you yeah. have to like weed through people who might have. Uh, like weird angle selfies on their Tinder account or something, and well, you find out. <laughs> I have to say, like Garrett is pretty damn hot, and so is Becca. But if Becca was still chilling here in Minnesota, like she might not find Garrett. Yeah. Like she might find a pretty good dude and and find her soulmate and that kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, you automatically kind of like step up a few different factors. Definitely the just like hotness factor by finding someone who you really work with on this show. And wait, what's wrong? Like Minnesota's not good enough, so Garrett's gonna come hang out for. A few months and then they're going to move to California, according to her on the episode. I know, I know. Well, okay. What's wrong with Minnesota, Becca? Come on. I think we're all in a little bit of denial if we think that she's not going to ultimately force him to move back here, though. (laughs) At some point, yeah. Maybe raise the kids in Minnesota. Yeah. So maybe in her mind, it's a couple years in California, maybe get some career stuff laid down, and then it's... What did she say? She wanted like four dogs and then some kids. And yeah. he was like, I don't know about the other Yeah, one. she was really, she wanted a <laughs> lot of corgis. Um, but I don't know what you were doing last night, but at, we had this live. Breathing into a brown paper bag for, <laughs> for Blake. <laughs> we had a live event uh, for the episode. And uh, when Becca said that she wanted to maybe go to California, there were groans in the entire entire space because, and I don't think that's even just a Minnesota thing. I think, yeah, everyone would love her, you know, as it's a Minnesota. More of a Minnesota you're like, Come thing. back, but it's also like we know you maybe are just going to try and be famous for a little bit. So I think people are kind of like, oh, really? You have to do the famous thing. We get a little insecure in that way. We get a lot insecure in that way. It, it, well, from because I come from the sports world, but and I think I can people tell, probably lost- in Georgia groaned at that. Maybe. Like I think people who weren't Minnesota Minnesotan groaned at that too because you're like, yeah. okay, I got to do the famous thing. We talked. We actually talked about this on our sports show today for like five or six minutes. Oh, did you? I made my co-host. I just like I'm going to dump all this on you. Like this is what I was watching last night while the Twins are getting drubbed ten to nothing. And I said, and let me put it into sports terms for you. <laughs> so the Minnesota Star That's, Becca, just yeah. like the Twin Star Brian Dozier traded to the Los Angeles Dodgers last month mm. uh, just like Minnesota United FC soccer star Christian Ramirez traded to LAFC yesterday can i get Becca in on this? also going to california okay what about lebron going out to the lakers kind of like that too leaving yeah. the old midwest leave, market leaving a small town in akron to go out yeah yeah we're flyover country even on the bachelorette we're flyover country Oh, one other thing. While before I forget, because I don't, I, I wouldn't want to let the, the the season's worth of episodes escape without me bringing. The, I forgot to bring this up two weeks ago. Yeah, because it happened with Jason, and then it happened again with I want to say Blake, the time capsule thing. Yeah, we got to stop with the time capsule thing. Here, okay, <laughs> you, see, you know you expect in a normal relationship or normal life you bring out a time capsule. It's like a thirty year journey through our relationship. Yeah, and these bachelor bachelorette time capsules are. Remember that one time? Yeah. A couple weeks back when we were in Vegas and uh, I lended you my toothbrush. Like, yeah, your time a, capsule goes back six weeks. Uh, it's a classic play <laughs> that they've always done. And I think they've done away with, again, as these contestants become more real and substantial, like they kind of go, okay, it's so corny to do that. I'm not going to do that. But the yeah. producers have traditionally, I think, worked with these contestants to make these kinds of gifts. If it's a scrapbook or, or I don't know, some sort of uh, time capsule, whatever it is, or they write them a poem or something. Oh, this so, is the napkin from a yes. two-on-one date about three days ago. That's okay. happened. 
That's happened a lot. I have to say when Blake like brought his out and Becca's like, you made the box? And, and I was going to, you know, it would have been kind of impressive if he made the box. And Blake goes, no, I didn't make the box. And then it's like, well, dude, why even? I mean, that's the only no, way that would have been impressive. Didn't he say he put some stencils on the outside oh, of the box? C- come on. The only <laughs> thing that's impressive about that would have been had he actually made the box. And he didn't. Okay, he didn't. So- he like cut out little. I mean, that looked like something I made in third grade. Yeah. Well, if you're okay, I'm sure the like, I'm sure you're right. The producers help them and push for them to make these yes. time capsules. But. If you're her, why would you want a Blake and a Jason time capsule right now or ever? Yeah, no. What are you going to do with those? No, sell it on eBay. And Garrett, like Garrett's not going to want. Can you imagine Garrett going through the file drawers in the in the den, and all of a sudden, like Jason's time capsule? Yeah, we went to Anchor Bar and wolfed down some buffalo wings and made out that one time. Yeah, yeah. No, she's not keeping those. I bet you she gives those to the show for some sort of like Smithsonian exhibit. Is, is there a Bachelor Bachelorette Smithsonian? <laughs> no, but there should be. There needs to be a Hall of Fame at some point, right? I, I'm sure there's some sort of reality TV or TV broadcasting <laughs> presence that those could be a part of. And we need to go as soon as possible. Okay, so let's talk about other weird, quirky things that happened. Because it was kind of a, the the minivan at the end of the show. What the hell With, was that? Did you notice the detail? As it was driving away. Yeah. The equality bumper sticker, bottom right. Yes. Kind of symbolic. Hey, Garrett talked about this whole Instagram thing for 10 or 15 minutes. Now mm-hmm. he's getting into the minivan mm-hmm. that has an equality sticker. Therefore, we're all good now. Yeah. Yeah. Are they going to keep that minivan, do you think? Just drive it all the way back to Minnesota? Wood paneled, no. rusted out? No. It looks like a minivan that you would see anywhere on 169 between oh. like December and February, though, doesn't it? I was flabbergasted by that minivan. Like, I thought it was going to be an all-new town and country minivan, <laughs> and, and the show was actually going to have gotten them a nice minivan or something like that. What? What? what I mean, why? Why did they give I'm them just a piece of crap? But why would you? Because you can get rid of the piece of crap. It's It, it was a joke. I know it was but a joke, want... but it just was, it was, it was they like, really, they couldn't even rent a Chrysler from the past <laughs> 10 years? That was the oldest minivan. That was a 50s minivan. But... And it, it was rusted. Like, it wasn't, it kind of wasn't funny because it was so bad. I think that was, the, I think they were going for the comedic, because it wasn't that the same van he drove up in? No, no, he drove up in a more recent Chrysler Town and Country minivan. Okay. Product placement. <laughs> but, but, they're just... not, but they're not actually going to use it until they have multiple kids that are closer to soccer age. They don't need a minivan for like five years. I know. I, I would be, just, I would be mad. Bizarre. If, that, if that were me in that spot and they, gave, and they gave me an actual minivan, like a 2018 Town and Country, I'd be like... I there's zero chance I'm driving this for like I, five plus years, so I, I don't know. I, why. I, 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 okay, I guess I think with me, I know it was a joke, obviously, but somehow it missed the mark with me. Like it was like what I don't know. Like it felt like it was a behind the scenes type of joke that we didn't quite get. I mean, we get the minivan thing, but it wasn't the same minivan. It would have been just funny to just bring out the same minivan, but then you added in the element that it was an absolute pos. They should get <laughs> it. Just it didn't makes sense it's like okay so we drive this straight to the junkyard like uh 
<laughs> right. Like, that was funny, I guess. I think they, they should give you the black, like the black Cadillac SUV, whatever the brand is, the black yeah. SUV where they carry off all the, the guys who are just like, de- like the, yes, the whatever yes, the black yeah. SUV is with the tears of Wills yes. and the tears of Jason. Like, I want to drive that yeah, if I'm Garrett. They give you the absolute like jaded <laughs> Uber black uh, that's been the car for every Bachelorette season <laughs> just in history. Huddles of tears at yes. the bottom of the floor. Yes. yes. Okay. So, uh, who are we thinking? Any more thoughts about who should be the bachelor at this point? We probably won't find out. We've talked about it. They're going to go through Bachelor in Paradise. We won't find out who the bachelor is uh, until the fall, and the bachelor doesn't kick off until yeah. January. But obviously, people are calling a lot of different names at this point. So, I'd like to know if there's more than two names that have been thrown out there. I'm sure there are tons. So, okay, because because yes. I think you can obviously make a strong sympathetic case for either Blake or Jason. Uh huh. I'm on Team Jason. I think not only just because I, I like him as a as a dude as he comes off on the show, but I think he's better for TV too. I think he's better looking. Yeah. I think he's got a wider range to his personality. He's more eloquent. He doesn't sort of stammer and get nervous. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about the dudes. Even Will's like Will's would get nervous and kind of squint his eyes mm-hmm. and. Jason never got ner- outwardly nervous, and I think that's going to be really important just from a TV standpoint. I want someone who can just who can command the show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like my issue with Nick, and I know people have a million issues with Nick, but Nick didn't command the show. Okay, you need okay. someone who can go on, and Ari didn't command the show, not in like an alpha way, but I mean a really good, genuine, confident guy who's able to go on screen and have a presence. Mm-hmm. And I felt like the last two Bachelors have come up way short. They've just sort of wilted under the camera lights, and that's why their relationships were train wrecks. Like, Nick's ended within five minutes after yeah. the show, yeah. and then Ari went back and forth and got wishy-washy. Yeah, so Ari so I'm, I'm on Team Jason. Completely spineless. Um, Yeah, I, I think Jason is the pick right now. I guess it will, I think, still depend on what happens in Paradise. But, yeah, the other names that have been thrown out there, Ben Higgins as The Bachelor again. Oh, wow. Uh, Peter Krause from Rachel's season, but I don't think he has a relationship with the show at all because they've said he is just absolutely not an option. Okay. Uh, and then some other people, of course, Jordan, Colton, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, I think Jason's far far and Jordan away the front can't. runner from this season. Jordan would just be a wacky, like you'd have to go in knowing, okay, this is kind of a... My number one pick for a season of The Bachelor right now would be Jordan. Really? Yes. Explain. I okay, think... so it would be, a, it depends on, if you're, if you're looking for an actual relationship and something more traditional based on the show's history, mm-hmm. if you're looking for wonderful TV, yes. I agree with you. This is this is how I'm feeling, and I could feel differently after Bachelor in Paradise, but after this season of The Bachelorette, which felt really, really real and substantial, uh, and Becca was very honest and, and intentional about it all, I would want Jordan. I want Jordan because I know he would be absolutely ridiculously entertaining. I also think that he would get called out on his blind spots for, for I think, the parts of him that really are pretty obnoxious, and that would make for great TV. So, like, the honest parts about it would be entertaining in addition to the parts that are just kind of made for TV. Not that this, not that what I'm about to say matters because I'm sure there have been a lot of dudes who go on the show and they're not actually interested in getting married. They just go through the process, but... He doesn't strike me as a guy who's ready to get married and settle down no. and like have a family oh, and things no. like that. So it no. would strictly be a TV and ratings play. Yes, and who knows? Maybe after Paradise, we'll have enough debauchery and we'll be ready for a real guy, in which case Jason will probably step up to the plate. Yeah, I, th- I think Paradise is a good buffer. Like You get the wackiness and you get the random hookups and things like that, and then you want to settle back in. Yeah, absolutely. Overheard. She overheard something. On The Bachelorette. 
All right, Phil, I'm going to throw a few doozies at you. I really did like when Becca's sister said, I wish my fiance cried like this too. Yeah. So, <laughs> is that, you know what? So, I have found in just talking to different women, that is a thing that, because I, I tend to be a little bit that way. I didn't cry from like age 12 until I was probably in my 20s. Gosh, I feel, yeah, I feel so bad for guys sometimes. Because it's just like part of your. I, you're no, just not... I don't. I take that back. I actually really don't. But on that front, I do feel sad. That makes me sad. <laughs> but I went, I went probably, you know, my whole teens and early 20s in college, and it was just like, I'm not going to cry. I'm yeah. probably myself and I crying. And yeah. now, like on, on Saturday a week ago, I'm watching the end of Toy Story 3 and holding a pillow up to my face. Oh, totally. Like, so now almost anything will set me off. Did you so. cry during this show? During the finale? Yeah. Um, no, not during the finale. Okay. But I did, I felt horrible for Blake. Mm-hmm. I felt, I mean, when, when he was sobbing and going through his whole thing, I, I, I didn't cry, but I felt, I definitely felt heart-wrenched for him. Yes. And, um, I, and I, like, as he's sitting there thinking, like, the line that really got me was him, not him saying, I have to go through this alone, which is just, like, not true. Yeah. Um, but it was him saying... She's going to be so happy when Garrett proposes. Aww. And my heart twisted and I'm like, "Oh, dude, I just want to I just want to throw my arm around you and like pour you a shot of bourbon right now yeah. and tell you it's going to be okay." New new take on Blake as the bachelor actually. I do think that if he really kind of turned it around and maybe 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 learned some lessons and realized the support that he has or something after this experience, I would be down for him to be the bachelor. Yeah. If he just got maybe a little bit more sunny in his yeah. disposition. Yeah, he's he just has you're right. The word sunny is a good one. Yeah. He's very much He's cloudy. He's got dark clouds over his Eeyore. eyes. He's Eeyore. Yeah. He's he's got to be a little more tigger. Yeah, okay? and it's I I don't know. I don't fault him for that because I do constantly remind myself that he went through that horrible high school school shooting experience and that he, his mom had an affair and those things are difficult. Uh but it, it just feels like there there's help for that. A little bit. Sure. Which might maybe just be a spinoff reality show. How to help Blake get out of all these psychological <laughs> oh, issues. <yeah. laughs> I feel so bad. With Chris I Harrison. So bad. Chris okay, Harrison. so this is my this leads right into this. This is one of my favorite quotes from Chris Harrison last night. Blake is in a tailspin right yeah. now. Like he just comes out with these statements that are so aggressive and over the top. Chris Harrison is a legend, man. He Chris, is. He's such a bro. Oh, uh, he comes out. He is. You've seen those Captain Obvious commercials where Captain <laughs> Obvious comes out for like Hotels.com and like Chris Harrison is the Bachelor Bachelorette's Captain Obvious, yeah. and he just calls it like it is. Whether he, whether it's whether it's the like walks out. There's uh, one rose remaining, yes. like the most dramatic moment of the season. Like, we know there's one rose left, Chris. Thank you, Captain Navi. There's such a beauty to him, though, because I think any other host at that moment would be like, Blake is having a hard time. And it would be part of his, the kind of falseness. And for some reason, Chris, I really think he just kind of says whatever he wants yeah. to say. And Boy. people accept it as like this persona. But I think he throws out a lot of things that are actually just him <laughs> really making these pretty uh, like bold comments. Yes. Hey, let, let me throw a quote in. Maybe you have this, but Please, let me throw a quote it. in and then a, and then a like an anecdote. Okay. So Becca saying, I feel like such a monster after she breaks up with Blake. Mm -hmm. And she's kind of keeled over in the woods and trying to figure out her life. Here's my question. She was a disaster. So he's sweating his face off, right? Yes, yes. Gosh, let these guys wear linen. Let these guys wear linen. Okay, sorry. Quick plug for linen. So she's she's kind of sweaty a little bit and her, you know, and she's like bent over and all. They have to give her about two hours of just, okay. Yes. Yes. Right? At least. Yeah. Just think about that. You break up with someone you're in love with, you're it's ninety degrees. 
I'm sure, like, you're crying and all these things. Yeah. There's got to be a buffer of a few hours, right? Or They're... did they just run her right back out? Oh, no, hey, Becca. No. Garrett's on, Garrett's on the boat. <laughs> no, I think you're right. I think there's time. And I, I actually do kind of approve of the way that they're doing the show now and airing it in the way that they had Blake's. Uh, breakup happened and then they had a live interview with Blake that they don't just jump right into yeah. the proposal after the breakup because then it does it feels it feels kind of icky and I, yeah. I don't think that that's how it is filmed I think there is a break so it feels natural to have their break when they actually show it do you notice how often Blake goes into the low or soft talker mode thing too where he'll he'll tell you something and then you'll respond and then he'll give you like a little whisper yeah and do you know how or realize how he also repeats everything yeah. And adds superlatives when they're unnecessary. Like yeah. he goes, he goes, like he's like, I'm not going to repeat everything. I, I'm not going to really, really repeat everything. Yes, that's a classic move. He he. He's a nervous dude. Yeah, he's he a nervous is, guy. and an anxious guy, and that's totally fine. But um, but again, there are resources. For that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so bad. The like, I'm speaking from a place of like I've had anxiety and depression. The okay? giant glass I'm house. I'm serious. I, I like. I don't want to bring it into a deep dark place, but like I recognize some of these things, and I'm like, Blake, like you're just not like a super happy and sort of like good on your own guy right now, and that's totally fine. But you maybe need to get that. You and I are doing this podcast in a giant glass house, just throwing stones right now. Yeah, in we are. Every which direction. Yeah. <laughs> I, like we have life I, perfectly figured out and uh, yeah. everybody else yeah. is a disaster yes <laughs> yeah i know that's this whole show you're like what is his face <laughs> it's like yeah we're, we're i all... bet he has bad breath even yeah. though everything else appears to be perfect yeah. yeah yeah at least we can cop to it i guess which is more than the twitter trolls True. um okay so uh uncle chuck had a quote garrett's got a beautiful soul I think he's a poet. That's because Uncle Chuck and Garrett, it was so predictable that Uncle Chuck was going to be hooked on Garrett because they they basically cried together. Yes. Like Garrett started talking about uh, Becca's dad and, mm-hmm. and sobbing and then and then mm-hmm. Uncle Chuck started crying and they hugged it out for a minute. And yeah. I, I have to just say, even despite what I kind of think about Becca and Garrett, and I, I, I like him a lot. I do. I think that his apology, that's the most that you can expect from someone. Sure. I think he's really hot. Uh, which, you know, whatever, just take it. Not the most important thing, but he happens to be like an absolute stone cold stunner. Um, what are your hot, what are your hot guy rankings for, for this season? Do you have them off the top of your head? Like, uh, like I is, mean, for you is Garrett number one? I think he is the most just kind of, he would be the one that I would be a sucker for, like in the way that she was a sucker for Colton. Oh. Like if I went on a date with Garrett, I would just be like fawning over him with googly eyes the entire time. But number one pick for the fantasy suite, still very much Jason. Okay, uh, but yeah, it would it would kind of come to those guys for the hottest the hottest guys there for me. I think where where, where does Leo fall on your spectrum? Well, Leo had some weird. I mean, we talked about the fact that he had kind of maybe a porn career. Oh, yeah. But also, he had some sexual misconduct sort of allegations come out over the past oh, okay. week or so. So now I'm a little grossed out on Leo. Oh, he, you know, I did see he, he put a statement out and, and like poo pooed it like, yeah. well, like every guy does, but mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, I don't know. So now I feel a little icky about him. I don't, I don't feel, I wouldn't be attracted to him though in real life. I can see how he is objectively attractive, but he's, he, I just wouldn't be attracted sure. to him. Um, I would say, you know, uh, and, and I don't, 
I don't uh, swing from that side of the batter's box, but you listen, I'm going to... I'm so excited. I'm so excited right now. Phil, gosh, if... I wish you could see Phil the way that you just like... You're like, um, well, if you're going to ask me, it's like it's like so... when someone tells you you look hot and then you're like, you're like, okay, now, now your turn. I want to give you my thoughts from a straight Please guy's perspective do. on uh, if, if I had to uh, go to the other side of the fence. Um, grocery Joe is in my top five. Oh, love Grocery Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Love it, him, too. Grocery Joe doesn't have a whole lot to say, and I'm excited mm. to see him on Paradise. Yeah. Because they showed a clip where Grocery Joe caught some feelings for somebody. <laughs> I love that we're calling him Grocery Joe now, too, not Joe the Grocer. I like Grocery Joe. Grocery Joe. Well, the, Trader Joe is already taken. Otherwise, he might have a shot to like use Joe. Oh, my gosh. Gosh. Wow, good point. Maybe he should rebrand he probably, and go by Grocery he, Joe and just kind of like rip off the Trader Joe's thing. He should. He could become an empire. What if he was Trader Joe's and we had never even realized it? And he was waiting until he was going to bust that card out later on, right? That's yeah. kind of like, like a turbo boost Oh my gosh. season Oh, wow. Like, what movie is that? Like, it's a movie where, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, you're, you know. Oh, you know what it is? What? It's You've Got Mail. Is it's, it? Have you ever seen You've Got Mail with yeah, Tom Hanks? of course. Where she doesn't find out until much, much later yeah, that that's he true. is Fox Books. Yeah. Well, it's funny. We were both thinking of Nora Ephron movies. When Harry met Sally, when Harry is dating a girl named Emily, and they're like, oh, well, she makes cakes. Like, what are you talking about? And in the movie, though, it's like Emily's cakes is like the ultimate, you yeah. know, every, it, all, her cookies are in every single grocery store. And it's like, she's that Emily? Yeah, see? Yeah, that would be amazing if that happened with old Joe the grocer. Okay, uh, back to quotes. I mean, this one's uh, getting a lot of traction. I love the way she says bag. Yes. Garrett. Yes. I don't even know how I just said it right there. I don't know. I I think we say bag, bag. right? Bag. bag? Instead of bag. Okay, I can't remember. It's not that. It's, I feel like it's it's closer than bag and bag. Bag, bag, right? I Big. I can't really this is I can't really hear the difference. I can't even, we're too close to it. <laughs> and I also say like bagel, but people here say I say it weird, and I think people out east say I say it weird. So and I don't know what I can't hear the difference. Even though this podcast is based in the Twin Cities, I know there's probably a lot of people who listen from just bachelor bachelorette friends from around the country. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe if you're if you're listening in California or in New York, you're probably thinking. Oh, there's a clear difference between bag and bag. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like German vowels though. Yeah. Like German has like six more vowels than we have. Yeah. yeah, and they're like, no, it's oot or it's like oot. And we're like What? Mm, no. no, those are the same. Yeah. In fact, yeah. they should just be the same. It'd be way easier for you guys. It really would. It really and would. And we tend to just like reuse the same word for three different things. Your, your, your. It's yeah, great. Yeah, there, there, there. Uh okay. Well, going along that note about the bag though, I did think one of the funniest tweets from last night was uh Someone saying, Blake, you know, telling Becca he loves her. You're a strong, independent woman. And then Garrett's was. I love the way she says bag. Yeah. So <laughs> we will see how those relationships pan out. We are excited for Bachelor in Paradise, which premieres tonight. This concludes this season of You Get a Rose. There will be, you know, sort of uh, here and there episodes when we want to jump in and talk about Paradise and that type of thing. So stay tuned uh, for more on Bachelor Nation as we go along uh, and when The Bachelor is announced. 
and that kind of thing. But thanks for joining me again, Phil. And, uh, thank you, and uh, thanks to people who chimed in with positive feedback a couple weeks ago. It's, it's been fun the last couple episodes. Yeah, for sure. Love your love your hot takes and love your sports analogies. Uh, they happen to work very well for your passion for this show. Yeah, it's, it's when you just walk <laughs> through life using sports analogies for everything. You can just be you can be at the grocery store. You can be watching uh, anything really. Sure, sure. Well, Phil, I think you hit it out of the park. Uh, there it was right there. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, you can follow uh, You Get a Rose on Instagram at You Get a Rose on Twitter at You Get a Rose. We're also on Facebook, and you can also email the show actually at mytalk1071.com. Just uh, type in keyword Rose. Thanks for joining us this season, and we'll talk to you next time.